0: This is Comic Shenanigans, Episode 311, Comic Reviews, the week of Wednesday, September the 30th. This is Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 311. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from Wednesday, September the 30th. I am your host, Adam Chapman. Every week we take a look at the comics that came out the previous week and do a bit of a quick rundown in terms of what was good, bad, and ugly about the selected releases I had a chance to read in the previous week. Uh, this episode's going up later than normal, I've actually been under the weather, I'm actually under the weather as we speak, so this is gonna be, uh, I always say this episode's gonna be a little bit faster, a little bit faster pace, quicker pace. it's gonna be a quick one, this time I mean it, I'm, as I said, I'm under the weather, um, so I, this episode's going up later than what I usually like, I usually like the episodes to go up the Monday, uh, following the Wednesday release, unfortunately that's not happening, in fact new comics are already out, it's October 7th, it's like why are we talking about these old old comics from last week let's talk about the new hot new stuff uh so let's just jump right into talking about what came out this past week as i said this is going to be a little bit quicker and more abbreviated than normal so anyway first up uh this week we have uh, aquaman this is aquaman number 44 as it continues uh, its current run by colin bunn work by i believe it's tom morgan uh sorry alec morgan Um, I like the story. I was not a big fan of the art. I thought the story was an important one to have um, Arthur and Mira kind of have a tete-a-tete and then we find out that oh, it's not Mira It's someone else. I actually thought the story was good by Bun. I just found the artwork uh, Really kind of didn't work and even like the the very ending if it didn't say next issue had Aquaman in space I wouldn't really be able to tell I just would have assumed it was kind of not great art uh, depicting what was happening um, but I like the story so I mean the story is good the art I just found was very lackluster so I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10 uh, next up we got Archie number 3 which I'm going to give right out of the gate a 9 out of 10 this is absolutely fantastic this whole book has been great I'm sad because I think that um, uh, Adrian, sorry, Fiona Staples is, is, is done after this I think and if it's true, I'm super sad, because Mark Wade and Fiona Staples are just an amazing team here. Um, the art's a huge part of what makes this book work. It's charming. Uh, the, the script by Mark Wade it, it just it's such an amazing way to do a, an origin story and kind of depict these, these characters that we know so well in a slightly different light, in a more modern context. And uh, I'm really kind of excited to see where they go with this. Uh, Weatherby's here. I mean, everyone's here. Uh, everyone just feels right it, it's updated and but not you know it's interesting it feels updated but in a timeless way like obviously these characters are a little bit more modern uh, the mostly in their artistic depiction especially um, but they're not necessary even though there's technology the kind of newer technology modern technology and they're obviously living in the modern day it doesn't feel like it's knocking me over the head and they're not constantly talking about Facebook or any you know what I mean like I feel like there'd be an overemp people sometimes think that when you make something modern it's going to be an overemphasis or it's going to go too far and i think here they it's been it's been a it remains kind of a timeless kind of feeling to it um but at the same time has that kind of uh effervescent charm that that archie does have so i'm going to give this a nine out of ten f- fantastic book uh next up is batman annual number four this was all right uh it, it wasn't the greatest story. It was kind of an interesting story to kind of have Bruce Wayne having to con, kind of confront his potential demons. Um, I think it probably would have worked better if we had seen more of Bruce and get more of a sense of who he is right now um, and his relationship with his girlfriend. Um, it, it still works. It just could have been, I think, a little stronger. Uh, James Tynion IV proves that he can write a good Bruce Wayne, though, regardless of whether or not he remembers who he is. Uh, I think it's Roger Antonio did the art, and I actually really dug it. It was a, a different kind of sensibility to it um, at times, and I really liked the, the look that Bruce had. But it's other times, it just looked very kind of classic, kind of uh, modern Batman, like very much appropriate to what you'd expect from these characters. Um, so I really, I, I did enjoy this. Um, I feel like I, I kind of flip flopped even in the last two sentences on how I felt about it. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'll give it an 8. I mean, I still think it could have been a little stronger if we, if we had known more about Bruce Wayne and what he was thinking and feeling in the current uh, kind of modern day, uh, now that he doesn't know that, but the whole Batman element of his history. That being said, it's still a good read, uh, even though, I mean, I think it could have been a little bit maybe stronger or a little deeper if we'd known a little bit more, but that doesn't detract from what this issue does do, which is still tell a great story. Uh, next up is Captain America White number two. This is by uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. This was still entertaining. I just thought that maybe the first issue was better. Um, the Art of Times felt a little inconsistent in terms of the proportions of the characters, but it still had a, a kind of a, a good feel to it. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like. It's interesting because these color books, I mean, I think the first two are the strongest. That's Daredevil and Spider-Man. Hulk didn't feel as strong to me personally. And then we had this one. So I feel like the the writing maybe isn't as strong. I think the, the art kind of goes back and forth in terms of how golden agey it looks and the, the dimensions between characters. Maybe it's just because I'm not used to thinking of Bucky as being this young anymore because they've done such a good job kind of aging the character. So seeing him this young is almost... Um, Not shocking, but it it almost takes you out. It's not what you expect anymore. I think the writing is more the issue here. Not because it's a bad story, but because I think the pacing is a little off. Um, It doesn't feel like it quite has the same level of pacing that these color books used to, where you really felt like every issue, you you were still getting a full story, but then you were also getting kind of a cool kind of ending or a cliffhanger. And you do kind of get one here, but it it doesn't quite feel the same. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, though, because it's still a good book. Uh, next up is the Cavalry Shield 50th Anniversary number one, uh, which basically tries to kind of show that Melinda May exists in the shield that we know. It's written by Jody Hauser and an artwork by Luke Ross. Um, you know, I, I did enjoy this overall. Uh, it felt a little different. It was kind of an interesting story to see. Um, you know what she, what the Melinda May character kind of operates like in the actual Marvel Universe, and I thought it was a pretty good job kind of explaining her and trying to kind of use her on a training field. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Uh, not the greatest of these anniversary specials, but far from the from the worst, that's for sure. Uh, next up is E for E is for Extinction, number four. And I was talking recently with my brother-in-law Paul, who's been on the show before, Paul Scores, and uh, he was not a big fan of this uh, this of this series. Uh, I have to say, I actually kind of liked it. It was was quirky and weird. Uh, The artwork definitely kind of achieves that Frank Quietly kind of uh, sensibility to it. It's written by Chris Burnham and Dennis Culver, with artwork by Ramon of the Vela Lobos. Actually, yeah, the artwork really does capture Frank Quietly quite well. Um, It was just kind of a a fool. I actually really dug this issue. I thought it was fun. And I actually even liked the artwork, too. Um, Something about it, it was just... Had this kind of weird, quirky sensibility, and that I kind of dug that. Uh, I don't think it's for everyone, but for me, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten because I think it was a good read. I think if Paul was here, he'd probably give it a two or four. Speaking of Paul, uh, Paul scores at some point, we're hoping to get him on uh, the show at some time in the future to do a reviews episode. So that might be something that we'll look forward to uh, happening at some point. It would be nice. I mean. Uh, at some point, it might be nice to have someone else do reviews with me as well. Uh, it's just hard with scheduling. Uh, AJ Reese, wherever you are somewhere, if you want to do, whenever you want to do an episode, just let me know and you can guest on another reviews episode. We did one, oh man, was it two years ago now? So it's always an interesting to have different perspective on the reviews stuff because you just hear me prattle on and on and after a while it probably gets boring because you kind of know where I'm going to go with certain things. So it might be nice to have someone kind of shake it up and not give eights. Uh, Paul says he would be the the uh, the the counter to my f- constant and frequent eight ratings. Um, next up is Ghost Racers. Um, I did not find that I enjoyed this issue as much as I had in the previous issues. Uh, I think previous issues were stronger. Um, this one felt a little weaker. I think the, actually the, the issue before this issue three was uh, probably the weakest. Uh, this was still fun. It just felt a little little too easy at points, and not always clear exactly what was going to happen. Or, what was happening, I should say. It's written by Felipe Smith, Art by Juan Gedeon. Um, I'm going to give it a six and a half. Um, it was okay. It just wasn't really my cup of tea as much. Maybe a six. I'm going to give it a six. I think the art was still good. I think the, the story felt like it skated a little, and um, it didn't really go for kind of a deeper examination of the characters. I know it is more of the action oriented issue, but it still felt like it could have had a little bit more to it. Uh, next up is Grayson Annual. Uh, this I, I dug. Um, I don't think it's as strong as the other Grayson book we got recently. Grayson, what twelve or whatever it was, but it was still interesting. Uh, as here we get to see basically a past and present team up with Superman, um, which is kind of cool. It I don't know if it made a lot of sense given the you know the kind of the great story we got in the last issue of Grayson. This one didn't quite feel as strong, but I did like how it melded the current um, storylines for both Grayson and Superman into one package. And Overall, I think it did succeed. Um, I, I did like the art. I think Lex Luthor's brief appearance was cool. I just thought tonally it felt a little weird to still have him hanging around in Gotham, even given what was just has just kind of occurred. Um... Anyway, and didn't the Beacon Tower fall down uh, in Batman Eternal? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, This is written by Tim Seeley, artwork by... Sorry, penciled... Sorry, plot by Tim Seeley and Tom King. Pencils by Alvaro Martinez. Uh, Martinez's artwork, I think, could have been a little bit stronger. The details could have been um, a little richer. At times, uh, I think they were just a little loose, but I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. still read well. Um, And I I, I do kind of like this modern version of Superman... He doesn't always sound like Superman, but I appreciate what they're going for, although I don't know how long it's actually going to end up lasting for. Uh, next up is Green Lantern Annual. Um, this is, what, the Green Lantern Annual 4? Eh, I didn't really enjoy this. Um, it's Tales of Hal Jordan, and I just... It felt very superfluous to me. Uh, it's written by... And the art was all over the place in terms of consistency. Um, it just didn't make a lot of sense, like... It was just maddening. Like the 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 character just went back and forth on his looks. Um, It's written by Robert Venditti. Artwork by Pascal Alix and Martin Cocolo. I'm gonna give this a five and a half. Uh, I just found it kind of boring, uh, long. It didn't really do a lot to kind of move the story forward all that much. Uh, in terms of what's been going on with the character, and I would have expected more from the regular writer writing the annual and something that kind of felt special. Instead, it felt very lackluster, and it took forever to get through, and it just felt like a pain. Uh, next up is Hail Hydra number three. Uh, this this uh, actually, this series is actually really turned around. I don't remember what I thought about the first issue, but I've actually really enjoyed it. Written by Recommender, artwork by Roland Boshibashi. Um, really strong story. It's not really clear... Where this version of Nomad really comes from. Like, is he supposed to be a refugee from our world or not? or Like, that's the only part that kind of gets confusing. But otherwise, I think it's a very strong story of two, two children of Steve Rogers, one birth child, one adopted child, going up against the uh, Legions of Hydra. Um, I'm going to give this a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, it feels like recommender Swong's song in a lot of ways because it kind of wraps up elements from his run. And knowing that he's not coming back, I guess this is kind of the last gasp we're going to see from him. Next up is Inferno number five. Um, I like this, although I wasn't really sure about the like the end. Some of these endings to the Battleworld books just felt kind of like, oh, oh, it's over. Uh, Okay, Uh, it's written by Dennis Hopeless. I work by Javier Garon. At times silly, but it's a lot, a lot of just fighting, a lot of you know, almost random demon nudity. Um, You know, it was just a big sloppy Inferno adventure, and if you like. Inferno and the kind of the demonic side of the Marvel Universe, then I think you'll enjoy this. I'm gonna give it a 6 out of 10. Um, I think some of the other X X related Secret Wars times were a little stronger, and this one wasn't quite up to their level. Uh, Next up is Justice League 44. Uh, I'm gonna give this a 7 out of 10. The artwork is absolutely fantastic. The story, uh, I feel like it's kind of padding itself out. A lot of like, oh, we're almost going to get a big reveal, but then we don't quite get it, or it's not quite... And the big fight sequences between um, uh, Darkseid and monitor they felt almost anticlimactic. Like They didn't quite feel as big and important as they were obviously supposed to. Uh, The appearance of the the Black Racer and him kind of being corrupted, I don't know if that really worked for me either. I see what it does to the Flash. Again, I I don't know if it was really necessary. I don't know if it really adds a lot. Um, Seeing more of the kind of the back God elements. Seeing what's happened to Superman. Like, it just felt like they were padding it out a little. And there was less real, like, actual forward momentum here. Although it had a lot of kind of famed um, forward momentum. So I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. Mainly on the amazing strength of the artwork. Uh, Next up is MODOK Assassin number 5. Which is now over. Um, It's silly. It's fun. Uh, seeing kind of what happens to Modoc. It's written by Christopher Yost, work by Amalcar Pina. Um, I'm gonna give this a six and a half out of ten. It, it reads a little extra verbose and not necessarily in a way that's enjoyable. Um, you know, it's, it's just kind of see what happens to Modoc at the end, and his kind of weird love story with uh, Angela. Um, but I don't think it ever really amounted to that much. Uh, next up is New Suicide Squad Annual Number One. Um, this I enjoyed because it was basically the end of, a, of the current story arc in uh, New Suicide Squad. It's uh, written by, let's see, Sean Ryan, our work by Felipe Briones. Um, I dug it, it was int- very interesting. Even though I haven't been a huge fan of the use of uh, Reverse Flash here, even here I thought he worked well, seeing the team kind of come together uh, and, and kind of uh, trying to figure out a way to kind of stop these characters. Uh, what happens at the end in that if it looks like uh, Reverse Flash may or may not be dead was kind of you know surprising. Um, I, I, I dug this uh, a lot more than I maybe expected. The art, I think, could have been a little stronger. It wasn't, I think, the strongest art, and I think that's what's kind of keeping this book down at a 7 and not at an 8, but I think the story was incredibly well done by Sean Ryan. Uh, next up is S.H.I.E.L.D. number 10, which is a um, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Howard the Duck. It's written by Mark Wade, artwork by Evan Doc Shaner, um, I like the art. I like the the story. The team up with Fitz, um, all the different kind of versions of ducks and being on a world where ducks are kind of more the norm. Um, it was silly but fun, and I did enjoy it. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Suck it, ball, wherever you are. <laughs> and last but not least, well, let's say the least, probably the worst book I read all week was Superman Forty Four. I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. Uh, I'm being I think I'm even probably being too courteous. Um, it just didn't work. Uh, it's written by... Man, I forget his name. Uh, Gene Luen Yang, and it's artwork by John Meter Jr. I just thought the whole... The art was all right, maybe the only bright spot. The story was very lackluster as everyone's kind of going up and get, trying to get Superman. It just it just felt like it didn't work. It, it was just boring. It was over... And even the artwork at times is just did not work either. Um, kind of seeing what Superman kind of decides to do before he kind of goes on the road. Uh, nah, didn't didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, Books I didn't get a chance to review this week or read include American Vampire Second Cycle, number 10, Batman Arkham Knight Annual, number 1. It's weird to have an annual to a miniseries, but it's not the first time I've seen that happen, and not the first time from DC or Marvel. Uh, Sandman Overture, number 6, Wonder Woman 77 Special, number 2, Uncle Scrooge, number 6, and X Men 92, number 4. So, not a lot came out last week, but because there wasn't as much, it looks like I read almost everything. Uh, Or almost everything, anyway. Uh looking at this coming week or really today, uh releases from October the seventh. There are a ton, but some of the highlights include a new issue of Barbed Wire, uh we got uh from DC, we have new issue of Action Comics, we've got the launch of Batman and Robin Eternal, uh we got uh Convergence hitting the hardcovers, we have got Batman, the Road to No Man's Land, trade paperback volume one. The first Batman Eternal uh is having its third trade paperback out. Um We've got... Let's see what else have we got coming out from uh, DC today. We've got Onush's of Omega Men and the launch of Telos, uh, as well as Secret Six Volume 3 Trade Paperback Cat's Cradle. Uh, over at IDW, we've got, uh, let's see, Mickey Mouse and Mysterious Crystal Ball Trade Paperback, as well as uh, My Little Pony Friends Forever number 21, as well as the 8th Friendship is Magic Trade Paperback. Um, there's also the TMT ongoing number 50, which is a seven ninety nine buck. book. Holy crap. Uh, although marvel does a lot of expensive books this week uh we look up image we've got new issue of uh southern bastards Ooh, that's gonna be exciting the Issue number 11 as well as new issue of we stand on guard which is number four and then over at marvel we've got the all new all different uh, point one, which is 5.99 amazing spider-man number one which is 5.99 avengers number zero which is 5.99 Contested Champions, number one, which is $4.99. Darth Vader, which is $3.99. I'm not going to list the prices for regular ones. Uh, we've got the Doctor Strange, number one, at four ninety nine. $4.99. Invincible Iron Man, number one, at $3.99. Why is Doctor Strange $5? dollars um, we got the Marvel Legacy of Jack Kirby slipcase hardcover for $50. Doctor Strange, paperback, don't pay the ferryman. Uh, we've got uh, Powers number five, Secret Wars number six, Old Man Logan number five, Shield the Complete Collection omnibus hardcover for $100, uh, Star Wars number 10, Star Wars Lando number five, uh, the first trade paperback of uh, Darth Vader comes out, uh, which is a great book. Uh, the first uh, Star Wars free paperback, Skywalker Strikes, which is fantastic, as well as What If Infinity and Humans and What If Infinity Thanos Number One, as well as the Werewolf by Night omnibus hardcover. So that's everything that's coming out on October the seventh or today. Uh, so thanks once again for listening to Comic Shenanigans at Gmail. Sorry. We're listening to Comic Shenanigans. and got ahead of myself. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Post in our h 2 thread when they eventually go up again. As well as listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode will be our conversation with Fabian Niciesa. That'll be episode 312. Episode 314 will be our conversation with Mike Perkins. And then from there... Uh, I'm trying to remember who our next interviews are with. I believe we're going to be interviewing uh, Devin Grayson, and we're also going to be speaking with Mike Barron. And then over the course of the next few months, we're also going to have uh, episodes with uh, Frank Thierry, as well as Steve Scrooge, although that one's been scratched a few times. Just scheduling has been difficult, uh, so we've just been postponing that one. So hopefully at some point we'll get to do that before the end of the year. So thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.